Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. Yes, this is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton. It has been a long time since we were live on the show. Holidays, and unfortunately a funeral last week, but here we are. We're here today to be able to hopefully have a new a new year of Fabrengans and to connect, to plug in, and to hopefully share some inspiration because a good Fabrengan is when all of us come out feeling a little more uplifted. Sometimes we talk about light topics, sometimes heavy topics. If you've been a listener to the Fabrengan show, we've been going kind of close to... Uh, eight, nine years, maybe longer, and we've had various topics, various formats, uh, and the Fabringen really follows life. It's not a history lesson, and it's, you know, it's not necessarily a Parsha uh, lesson. Sometimes we do talk about a topic of Parsha, but on the most part, it's where life is at. So during COVID, it definitely had a different undertone than before and after, and it's really based on the headspace, my personal headspace, where I feel the community's at, what's, what thoughts are percolating, what's going on in the calendar. So hopefully you find the Fabring current and relevant and talking to you at where you're at. So with that in mind, I want to start where we're at. We're already coming when the you know we only have a week left to the to January we're already deep into 2020 not deep but we're into 2023 holiday for some of us feels like a distant dream for many of us hopefully we're still uh, getting some energy from it but my gut is saying that for too many of us it's long forgotten and we are now in a headspace of back in the grind, and back into the fetching. Back into the fetching. Because here we are, we're fetching. Whether it's load shedding, and for those listeners out of South Africa, don't even ask. <laughs> um, whether it is the politics, whether it is other worries, the stresses are back on. And one thing I learned, I've lived in this country now for, um, yeah, it's been 12 years maybe. Um, yeah, 12, 12 plus years is how often a, a conversation with a South African about South Africa goes like this. Tell me, I, you could text if this resonates with you, 34519. You know, Rabbi, I was an optimist. I was one of those people who really believed. But now, I just can't do it anymore. Now, it just I've given up hope. I've heard that, or in other words, very similar narratives so many times by now. And it always starts with that introduction. I was once one of those optimists, but now, now, no, it's impossible to be one. 
And I've talked about this topic before, but I don't think I've talked it, I've spoken about it from the perspective that we're going to share today. But I, I, I want to start not necessarily about South Africa. I wanted to start by narratives, by stories. In a few minutes, I'm going to play a song about stories. It's actually from a kid tape from the 80s. I'd imagine most of you never heard the kid tape. It was like this, uh, like in the, in the more uh, American religious community, um, a tape, uh, a tape even, right? Those was the days of tapes called The Golden Crown. And the song about a story, don't know why, but the moment I decided to focus on today's Fabringen about stories and narratives, that song came to mind. So we'll play it in just a moment. But um, we all choose narratives. We all have narratives of our lives. And we choose which details in our story are worth telling or not. So if I would ask you to tell me about yourself and I gave you one hour, you would choose certain stories that you believe defines you. If I was your therapist, maybe you would choose other stories. If I'm just an acquaintance, you'll choose maybe more superficial stories. If I'm a, a, a close relative, you'll choose other stories. But the point is, you'll put together a narrative within an hour that will help the listener and yourself make sense of your life. I went to the school, I had these positive experiences, I had these negative experiences, I had these relationships, these relationships lasted, these relationships didn't last, I took, I, I studied this degree, it's what led me here, I took these jobs, etc., uh, etc. Et if there was a major trauma or a major event, often the whole narrative will, or a big part of the narrative will be based around that trauma. But on the most part, we create stories for ourselves. But those stories aren't objectively true. In other words, you might think that that's what's formed you, but do you know for 100% what has formed you? It's so complicated to really understand how the human being is formed. But what, but regardless, we all choose narratives. And those narratives give us some sense of, of, of sense. They give us some sense of, of understanding of our lives. We're able to make sense. Who am I in this world? That's why often you see children who are adopted. They have this deep craving to dig up their adoption papers at some stage. And even though they were raised by this loving family and that family had a story, somehow this person still feels that within their genetic makeup, within their history, there's another story. Why did my mom desert me? Why, what happened to my dad? Who are they? Where are they going? Are they still alive, etc.? There's this deep craving for a story. And that story helps us make sense of reality. So the question I want to pose today is, what story do we have about life? I'm going to unpack it after the song, but I want to just throw the question, and then we can unpack it. Is my narrative of life that life is supposed to be pleasant and easy, and hence when it's not, when there's challenges, that's a malfunction to life? Or is my narrative that life is hard and challenging? It's not bad, but it's hard. And therefore, I don't take the goodness for granted because there's so many people who don't have good. And I'm 
I don't, I'm not naive about this world. I know that this world has darkness, darkness and malevolence. But my my default is life is challenging. So I'm not surprised by the challenges. That's really the question I want to pose because I believe in that question and how we answer it sits so much of our other narratives. So much of our other stories about our own lives, about South Africa, about how we live, about our marriage, about our children, about the circumstances of our life, how we make sense of our life, midlife crisis, the whole thing, all is underwritten by a core narrative. And the core narrative is, is life supposed to be easy? And therefore my hardships are an anomaly, a fluke? Or is life challenging? And therefore I'm grateful for the good, but I'm not surprised by the bad. Think about it. We can unpack it more, but I think the question hopefully has enough to explore as we go through this, yeah, admittedly childish song, but it's a great song about the power of stories. This is 101.9 Chai FM, and this is the story song by A.B. Rottenberg. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. How is that cute song? <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, yeah, we all need a story. And just before the break, we started exploring what stories do we tell about ourselves. And that's really what the Fabringen is about today. What stories are we choosing to say? You know... When a child gets a religious education, they're introduced very early in life to the Chumash, to the, to the Parsha, right? Three-year-olds know the Parsha. Now, there are many lessons in the Parsha, but there is an overarching narrative that you can find in pretty much every Parsha that has a story in it, and that is there's a lot of drama. Um, it's Cain killing Hevel, Cain killing Abel, it's Noah and his sons and Ham and the whole drama there. It's Avram and Sodom. It's Avram and his nephew. It's Avram and, his, and Sarah and their childlessness. It's the, the, his wife being kidnapped as well as Yitzchak's wife being kidnapped. It's um, him, Avram having to send his son Yishmael out of the house. It's Yitzchak then suffering childness together with his wife Rivka. Then he has two children and one of them ends up okay, more than okay, Yaakov. The other one ends up like a total mobster, Esav. And there's the whole drama of Esav trying to kill Yaakov. Yaakov's taking the blessings. Um, then Yaakov tr- goes down to get married and his father-in-law tricks him and he marries him the wrong sister and then he's stuck with two wives and then ends up with four wives. He only intended for one. Um, then he has 12 children, and those 12 children, each one, ha- a lot of them have their drama. Yehuda has his drama with his daughter-in-law, and um, they sell their brother Yosef into slavery. It's a pretty intense drama. Reuven makes a few mistakes and, and pays dearly. Uh, then the Jewish people are all down into Egypt, and all the drama that takes place then, and it's the Parsha we're talking about now. And even when they have the Exodus, which takes place in this week's Torah portion, we then move on to drama. I mean, already in next week's Parsha, they're already complaining about the water, and they're complaining about food. 
it doesn't end. I could just go on and on. Then you open up the the rest of the Tanakh, not just the five books of Moshe. You open up the book of Joshua and Judges and Samuel and Kings. And then you read the prophecies of Isaiah and Yeshayo and, and Yermiyo, Jeremiah, etc. It's like non-stop drama. Nothing about those narratives seem to imply that life is simple. They all imply life is complicated. Life is messy. And yet, so many of us in the modern age, when we bring children into this world or we try to educate children, we try to protect them, overprotect them, nothing wrong with protection, but overprotecting them, and telling them there's a narrative that your life is supposed to be just beautiful. All your dreams will come true. Honey, if you just get your eight, eight distinctions and you work hard, the world is your oyster. And yeah, there's a few issues. You might not be able to get a job here, but if you go overseas, there everything will sort itself out for you and you'll be totally fine because the only thing I want for you is an easy life. But you'd think that after the last few years that we had as a world, as individuals, as a community, that we would have moved past that narrative and instead of creating this false narrative that only leads to disappointment, we would have a much more realistic expectation of what life is. The life, of course, has beauty and, and growth and love, but it also has darkness, not only darkness from the outside, more importantly and more strongly darkness on the inside. Our own impulses, our own mental health, our, our weaknesses, the parts of us that, you know, our own demons, the parts of us that we're not proud of. And painting a narrative to our, to ourselves that life is supposed to be easy. And therefore every time we have a fender bender on the road or we hit a pothole or we hear about a tragedy, we absolutely fall apart. First of all, it's, it literally, destroys us. You just see how every time there's a, a bump in the road, everyone's mood just literally has load shedding. It sheds the whole, the whole load of happiness is shed by so many people right away. But it, it causes strain at home. It causes pessimism. It causes dark humor and cynicism and nothing good comes out of it. I'm not saying to be naive. I think it's important to clarify. I hope it's obvious, but I'm not saying be naive about the challenges. But also, it's about accepting that life has challenges. So yes, we can sort out some of the challenges of life, and we can do what we can. I don't think fetching helps anything. If you actually could do something about the challenges, about the pothole or about the load shedding, amen, go do it. But if you can't do something and you're choosing to stay, then stay with your whole heart. If just choose, like, when you accept that. Everywhere has challenges. And even if another place doesn't have challenges, I'll say it, chances are if we go there, we'll become our biggest challenge. Go look which societies have the biggest addiction problems, obesity problems, drug problems, self-destructive behavior, overdosing, suicide. They often are in the places where life is the best. Western countries often suffer from these 
much more than other countries, even though these countries have seemingly the West is the wealthiest cohort in human history, we're still the most medicated and stressed out and suicidal and depressed and obese cohort in history. I'm quoting actually Brene Brown. She talks about this quite extensively. So even if you think you could create a life for yourself without outside challenges, at that moment, your inside challenges surface. That's why often when people retire and they no longer have a challenge, it causes them to absolutely just dive, nosedive. Because here's the irony. We all crave a pleasant life, but the human being was not made for living a pleasant, easy life. When Mashiach comes, yeah, we'll figure it out. That's going to be a whole different story. But at the, at the world we live in right now, without resistance, we atrophy. Without resistance, we don't grow. And if we don't grow, we fall. There is no, um, there's no middle ground. Yeah, you could go on holiday for a week, two weeks, three weeks. But as one writer wrote years ago, I'm not sure which one, so therefore I'm not quoting it correctly, um, that imagine you had your perfect life designed for you right now, that amazing private island with that magnificent home and the butler and the baker and all the all your fantasies coming true. How many weeks would it take till you start bringing drama and chaos into your life? How long till you're bored stiff? Right? I mean, just think about it this way. If life was all about pleasantness, then, and, then we should be able to eat sugar and ice cream all day and never gain weight and, and never have any side effects from all that sugar intake. And we should be able to just indulge our pleasure like a wild, uh, you know, beast and everything's okay, but that's not the way it works. Why? Right? We restrain ourselves. There's nothing pleasant about restraining ourselves. But we do. We restrain ourselves because that's the only way to live a civilized life this week. So it's just mind-boggling because this is all common sense. I really think nothing I'm saying now is remotely profound. But what is not profound, but what is baffling is how despite all this knowledge that we all know, there's still a subcurrent narrative that affects us all, or many of us, sorry where we're still baffled by life's challenges, as if, like, really? There's war? There's pandemics? It's not supposed to be. There's tragedy? There's death? Now, if I was playing the devil's advocate, not the devil's advocate, if I was playing it from a totally positive point of view, I would say that's amazing. We are all living in messianic times where we expect perfection and therefore we get so disappointed by the imperfection. Now, that would be a nice theory if our disappointment didn't destroy us. The problem is that our expectation of paradise is not making us more hopeful and optimistic. It's making us disappointed because we often compare the life we have to heaven. We don't compare it to real life and history. In other words, we have a vision of ourselves of utopia. In utopia, there are no challenges, there are no pain, there are no surprises, 
It's just magnificent. And compared to that, life is deeply disappointing. But if we just dig a little bit in history, even in our own history, but definitely in our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents' history and human history, and we compare our lives to them, wow, it's amazing. So that comes back to where we started, the the, the and It's really, what narrative do you have? Do you have a narrative that life is supposed to be utopia? And that you can sort out all the messes of this world. If only you emigrate to the right place. If only you send your kids to the perfect school. If only you, you know, divorce your spouse and you find the perfect person. You will have a perfect life. You will be disappointed because that narrative is false and dangerously false. But if my narrative is life is challenging, life is hard, but there's still so much blessing in it. Every day I could breathe and taste my food and, and have some love in my life and have meaning and purpose is a gift because there's so many people who don't even have that. Then my whole narrative changes. I'm grateful. I live with gratitude. Gratitude is an outcome of lower expectations of life. Think about it in a marriage. If two people expect everything from each other, then there could only be disappointment. If two people expect everything from each other, there could only be disappointment. But if two people are not expecting everything from each other, then there is no disappointment. Because I'm grateful. Wow, she did that for me. Wow, he did that for her. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Again, this is all very common sense, but I think we have to remind ourselves this because the attitude that so many of us have, we're like <laughs> so irritated by life's challenges, so disappointed. Well, you could say that a theory is that some people, at least many people who did not suffer the dark side of apartheid, um, had, as if they closed their eyes and they weren't aware of all the evil that was going on, had a pleasant life till then, right? Often people will describe, we were able to ride our bikes to school. And compared to that false utopia, it may be created in people's mind of expectation of what life could be. But first of all, it was not everyone's life. The majority of this country suffered deeply during that time. It was, it was a false utopia. And it's wrong to compare anything to that. But what we could compare is to so many other people who have it so much worse in our time. And to realize, yes, life's challenging. Even if we sorted out the load shedding tomorrow, I guarantee you there would be another reason to fetch. It would be the crime. It would be the, the potholes. It would be the corruption. There's always a story going on. There's always a narrative. So my question today is, what's our underlying narrative? If our underlying narrative is that everything's supposed to work and be perfect, then yes, there will always be a story why to leave. There will always be a story why to give up. There's always be a story to believe that somewhere out there, utopia exists, where I will not be challenged. But like I said earlier, you'll find that utopia, and then you'll find a huge drug problem as well. So in other words, even if objectively there are other places that are easier, who said easy is good for the human condition? So here's the irony of it. it. It's like this vicious cycle. You expect life to be perfect, so you chase perfection, 
at least outside perfection, where everything just works, but then you become fundamentally bored because you don't have anything that's stimulating you, there's no resistance, so you are searching for meaning and looking for meaning in all the wrong places. So what's the answer? For me, the answer is to, to just embrace life as complicated. You might say certain challenges are too hard for you, and you believe that other challenges will make you thrive more. Fine. I made the decision to live, leave the United States. The United States had its challenges for me, and I came to this place with its challenges, and I prefer these challenges to that. That's very, you know, I believe we can all make a, uh, a call of what challenges we are willing to, to live with and which ones we can't. But the narrative that says I can live a challenge-free life is false and dangerous. This is 101.1 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. So this is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Show. And yes, what are we talking about? We're talking about accepting life's challenges. And again, I'm not saying becoming a pacifist and just saying, okay, slap me on the other cheek. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when a person lives a life where they don't expect perfection, then they could be so much more grateful when life's challenges are, you know, abate, when they take a bit of a sideshow. And I think for, for us, it's an important thought to explore for this coming, for this year, as we come into it. Because I pray every day that Mashiach comes. Um, we say it multiple times in the in the davening. We really, really hope. We don't want this pain. But as long as we are in this world, we can beg Hashem to make it better. Absolutely. But I do believe that we can also just have a healthier expectation of what life is so that we are not thrown off so deeply by its challenges. Now, I'll be honest, I think what's stimulating the thoughts by me and, and really what's, what's taking me in this direction is tonight's my father's here outside. My father died at a relatively young age in his young 60s and um, a few years back. And when that death happened, it derailed me. It, it shook me. It came out of the blue. Um, and I wasn't willing to accept it. And it, it literally broke me. And having gone the last few years to a, a very, very painful journey, not only in my own private life, but facing so much of the tragedy in our community, whether it was COVID deaths, whether it was suicide, whether it was um, sickness and pain and just so much. For a while, it made me cynical and dark, but I think what, what it's achieving within me now and, and the aha moment I'm living through personally now is this understanding that life is still beautiful despite its challenges. And if we could tell each other and ourselves to stop expecting life to be something and rather embrace life for what it is, I think we could let go a lot of our anxiety. A lot of our anxiety comes from what we think should be and, and matching that with the reality on the ground, right? I should be driving and never get a flat tire. 
and I should be in a marriage that he or she never disappoint me and treat me like absolute gold all the time. And I should have children who don't have challenges, but who just cruise through school and just, just have it, have it going for them. And I should have a body that just works for me, that just, it's healthy and vibrant and energetic and beautiful. And that's what I deserve. And then life for 99.9% of us doesn't turn out that way. I would say 100%, but you know, you could always find maybe an exception. Somebody, at least currently, it seems everything worked. They have a magnificent marriage. Their kids are flying through school. They have all the money they want. They look magnificent. And um, yeah, they don't suffer from mental illness. Everything's fantastic. I know very few, if any, people like that, but let's say they do exist. But for the most, the majority of humanity, it's nothing like that. And yet we get so surprised and disappointed. You know, we've been going through load shedding for how many years already? God knows. And yet, every time load shedding, you just hear, like as the lights go off, often I find myself in shul at that time, and you hear this grunt. (gasps) And you're like... Come on, you knew it was coming. The app never lies, right? You know that. <laughs> That's one thing they're reliable, right? The, 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 the app doesn't lie. If it says there's going to be load shedding at 2 o'clock in my area, right? That's what it says. And now it's 146. I'm pretty much sure that somewhere between 2 and 210, the lights will go off. But I could still give that grunt. <clears throat> Again, I'm not saying make peace with it and just become a pacifist. But I am saying I'm not going to waste my energy on, on just grunting and getting angry and something that I'm not doing anything about. If I could go and demonstrate and if I could go and have some political influence to change it, amen, go for it. But to just sit there grunting and saying the lights are supposed to work. Once upon a time, the lights did work. What am I doing? And you know what? My family who emigrated to Toronto... 30 years ago, they were right. Yes or no. But again, if that's the narrative I'm going into every single time, it's, it's a miserable way to live. It's much more miserable than the load shedding itself. Is the, is the misery it's putting us in. It's the stress. I was talking to somebody who recently came to visit South Africa. They're former South African. Um, and, and they said something which rang true for me. I mean, it's, it's something intuitive. But like, this, she was telling me, you know, other places have challenges, but she's never encountered a more anxious society than the one we live in. Um, and, and I believe there's truth to that. I believe that we are stressed out of our mind, and we blame it on outside circumstances. We blame it on the load shedding or the crime. Or I don't buy it. I've been here 12 years, and that's not a long time, but I've seen every... Um, as one uh, community activist says, every 18 months there's another narrative that's throwing people off their guard. I've seen so many narratives come and go that it can't be just the load shedding or just the COVID or just the crime or just the corruption. No, there's an underlying narrative. And I believe, I might be wrong, that the underlying narrative is a certain expectation of what life is supposed to be. And the moment I sit there saying, yeah, life is hard, Maybe load shedding is not the hardship I, 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 I like living with, but in no way am I going to convince myself that utopia exists on this world. 
I can thrive in any challenge. I can be okay. I can make it work. I can innovate. Now, you might ask me, what underlies my optimism? What underlies my narrative specifically about South Africa is that I believe in Lubavitcher Rebbe's words that it will be okay. I don't know what okay looks like, right? I'm not sure anyone, when the Rebbe said this word over 30 years ago, had in mind that okay would include load shedding or corruption. It was even before the democratic government was elected. And yet it's still okay. We still make it work. And it's still a beautiful community. And it's a community, I believe, that if it just came to embrace the messiness of living here, instead of resisting it, would actually thrive. Because there is one community in the world, I believe, other than obviously our Holy Land, that is the last best hope of what a beautiful Jewish community could look like. And it's here. We have so much right about our community. It is such a magnificent place to live. And if we could just let go of our misery over what doesn't work and just celebrate what does, we can literally be the shining light for the world. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. And it's time to wrap it up. We had this conversation. Um, again, there's something fascinating about the radio. You just put a message out there. You have no idea who your listeners are. It's unlike, at least for me, any other medium of communication, but it's, it's, it's powerful. Um, and before every show, I turn to God and I say, Hashem, put the right words in my mouth because I don't know who's listening today and what message they need to hear. But I hope that the message today was at least something I needed to hear it. But I hope some of you needed to hear it as well or just be reminded of it. I want to finish off today's show with wishing all of us that this secular year should be a year of please God blessings. The challenges shouldn't be too hard. And we should have nachas and bracha in our lives. But we, and the Mashiach should come, the most important, very soon. But each day that we live here, to live with gratitude and less expectation, and not compare our lives to what utopia could be, but what, how bad life could be. And if you, if you don't see it, you can look, it's not so hard to find people who have so much less. And compare your life to them. Compare your life to your great grandparents and what they, live through, what their day looked like without a washing machine, period. Not a washing machine that only works during non-load shedding hours, but no washing machine, no ready food in the supermarkets, no safety, no protection. Just compare to there. And hopefully that can just create a shift of, you know what? It's still great to live. It's beautiful to live. The moment I stop expecting life to deliver me one of comfort and ease, but rather a life of meaning, is that moment I could just embrace the challenges I do have and be grateful for the blessings I have. I want to finish off with a song that just came out. It's in Hebrew. It's a very powerful song. Chayav Lisrod. I need to survive. I need to thrive. This is 101.9 Chai FM, and this is Chayav Lisrod by Avi Podolinsky. 
I want a 1.9 higher cell. 